0: This is Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities taking a look at the grain markets for Friday, February 2nd. Well, we had the grain markets moving around a bit yesterday. The wheat markets, everything actually started lower. Wheat markets managed to come back up yet again with a reversal up. Corn almost reversed up. It was lower most of the day, closed about unchanged. Soybeans struggled to get anything going on the upside, and they were weaker throughout the day, getting pretty close to the lows from just a few sessions ago. So it looks like wheat wants to make a bit of a stand here. Seasonally, that's pretty common for the market to rally into early February, right around the crop report, which is next Thursday, February 8th. So that's something to keep in mind. I don't think we're going to turn any major corner here in wheat. But we do want to be watchful with this short window where the market could catch an updraft and uh, get a, a decent run to the upside. If we do get that, we we want to be leaning on that market. I think selling into a rally into uh, the February crop report is uh, the place to be. That's a typical a seasonal tendency for the market to go down into the middle to late part of February and that really applies to all the grains. So if you can't get much going for corn and soybeans into early February then that suggests that this downtrend for those row crops is is well intact. So much of that downtrend is depending on the weather and weather in Argentina has turned dry for the last three weeks in fact They've been enduring some dryness, which wasn't that big a deal as they'd had plenty of moisture in the early part of the growing season. Now, as we get into this next week, we're looking at temperatures soaring well above 100 degrees for several days before another shot of rain is forecast to come beyond February 8th. So number one, we are seeing some crop stress. We've seen crop condition ratings drop for soybeans in Argentina. Uh, crop conditions were down eight points in the good to excellent category at 36%. Porto poor was up six at 14%. So we are seeing that stress show up in the condition ratings. The rains that are forecast beyond February 8th are critical, obviously. If you're going to have this long of a stretch, and by then it's going to be a full month, where you haven't had really any rain on the the major part of the Argentine crop area that becomes a very big deal. But the rains have been consistent in the forecast. They are moving into the shorter range forecast, so that's important. But they do need to materialize. And frankly, they're not that big of rains. They're about a half inch to one and a half inches, which is notable, but it's not a, you know, a drought breaker, or it's not a, you know, a soaker rain. So we would need to see follow-up rains. But You know, we got to start somewhere, and this is a good start if those rains do in fact materialize. And I think that's what's keeping a lid on corn and soybean prices in the first place. A lot of other things going on that are positive to those markets that uh, would have a bigger impact. It's just that weather is the most dominant fundamental factor at this moment. And one of the bullish components is the biofuel industry. We've got a major plant opening up in California that's going to be a huge producer of renewable diesel. That's going to be a draw down on soybean oil stocks, as are the rest of the biofuel industry. So we saw that December soybean crush was a record 204 million bushels. And that was a record for any month, for any year, not just for the month of December. The estimate was 206. So we expected a record, we weren't quite at what the estimate was, and that could have been part of the pressure in beans, but still, it's still a record. Uh, Last year it was just 187 million bushels, so we're, you know, uh, 17 million bushels ahead of where we were just a year ago. And that's only going to get bigger. The demand for soybean oil, primarily for biofuel, biodiesel in particular, production is just going to continue to get bigger and bigger with several more plants coming online in the next few months and more plants actually still in the planning stage they may opt to to back off of that planning stage just because there's so much more uh, capacity being built but the bottom line is you have way more capacity for biofuels than you did even a year ago that's going to continue to you know uh, be a huge demand for sourcing the feedstock, which primarily is soybean oil. So that's that's a major bullish component in the broader picture. But again, right in front of us, it's really all boils down to weather in Argentina and this next week or two of weather, if you really want to fine-tune it. So soybeans... You know the 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 market has struggled. You know we haven't been able to sustain any upward momentum. We had a big reversal up on Tuesday, and that got us nowhere. So that's not a good sign. And I think that it it looks like the market wants to continue on down, at least in the short term. And a quick look at weather here in the U.S., we've got a major warm spell coming for the north. Primarily northern Midwest, northern plains, but dips down well into the you know the central and southern part of the Midwest, and then we'll move on toward the east. But this is going to melt a lot of snow. Anything left on the northern plains and into the central plains is pretty much gone. And the warmer temperatures are raising some chatter about: uh, Are you going to bring the winter wheat out of dormancy? I don't think you will. If it's if it's a short term. Uh, snap, but if this sticks around for much of February, uh, that that could be a real concern because you still have to get through March. You still have to get through that early part of March before you start normally breaking dormancy, where you still could get some cold snaps. So this is um, it's not really on the front burner yet, but it's something to keep in mind. We've also got uh, the month of February will be the the uh, averaging month for the crop revenue insurance for the spring prices, not that we have a lot of control on that, but it's just something to keep in mind that we're now in kind of an important time period as far as uh, the farm program goes. Taking a look at yesterday's export sales report for wheat 338,000 tons that was within the range of estimates. Hard red winter wheat sold 76,000. Mexico and Japan took, both took 33,000. Spring wheat sold 113,000. Philippines took 63, 000. Japan took 26. Soft red winter wheat 35,000. White wheat took uh, sold 97,000. Indonesia bought 44,000 of that. The Philippines took 34,000. For corn, export sales, 1.4 million at the high end of the range of estimates. Japan took 503,000. Mexico, 372. South Korea took 304. And in soybeans, a poultry 166,000 tons. That was way below the low end of the range of estimates from 500,000 to 1.1 million. That's part of the pressure in beans yesterday as well. That's a, a very disappointing export sales number. China was the biggest buyer, 135,000 tons. We saw Egypt take 123,000. Mexico took 110. And of course, you saw some cancellations in there as well. So one look to coming back to wheat. Outstanding sales are sitting at 6.1 million tons, which is almost a million tons above the five-year average. And I think most of that settles on the big buying spree that china had here a couple months ago those have those sales have yet to be delivered so i think that's why our outstanding sales are sitting higher than normal So let's look at year-to-date sales numbers. For wheat, we're at 16.9 million tons. And of course, this is marketing year-to-date. That's up 700,000 over where we were a year ago. So that's a jump of 4%. We're sitting at 86% of USDA's projections, which is equal to the average. In corn, we're at 33.7 million tons sold. That's up 8.1 million over last year, a bump of 31%. But we're only 63% sold of USDA's projections, which is seven points behind the average. In soybeans, we're at 38.1 million tons sold. That's nine million tons behind a year ago, which is a drop of 19%. But we are at 80% sold of USDA's projections, which is only down one from the average. So we're pretty much in line with the pace needed to meet USDA's projections for soybeans and wheat. For corn, we're a little bit behind, even though our sales are well above a year ago. And lastly, but not least, is the jobs report from this morning. We had non-farm payrolls up 353,000 jobs. The estimate was only for 185, so that was way beyond what the average trade estimate was. And the December revised number was 333,000 increase, where the prior was only 216,000. So you saw another 117,000 added to December, and January's was about 170000 more than what the trade was looking for. So this was just a a huge increase in jobs above what the trade had factored in. The unemployment rate sitting at 3.7%, the estimate was 3.8%. And December's unemployment rate was steady at 3.7%. The private sector gained 317,000 jobs, so most of that increase was in the private sector, so that's always good to see. Government jobs were up 36,000. The average month-to-month earnings increase was 0.6%. The average was only for 0.3% increase, and year-over-year earnings are up 4.5%. The estimate was up 4.1%. So this is a pretty big miss by the trade. And the stock market, of course, reacted negatively to that because the likelihood that the Fed is going to lower interest rates is almost off the table with this kind of report. In fact, you would almost turn the table and start to think that the Fed might have to ratchet up interest rates a little bit more to slow down this pace. You know, the the economy obviously is very hot. Uh, the, The worry, of course, is that inflation is going to ramp back up and uh, especially with the, the, the hourly earnings increasing the way they are, that does suggest that inflation might uh, start to turn back up a little bit. So I think um, you know the dollar's reacting strongly higher to this. That's probably gonna be negative to the grains. We're already struggling in the export market, especially for soybeans and, and wheat too. But in particular, soybeans, and I think that uh, that's going to be cause even bigger problems. We're seeing the cash markets in Brazil and Argentina uh, tumble here from last week down quite a bit, and that's going to be a drag on U.S. prices as well. As far as wheat goes, the, the the key here, I think, and one reason why this market could catch a bigger updraft, is the Suez Canal problem. You've got the you know the shipping lanes, the the major shipping lanes for the Black Sea and the European Union to get grain over to Asia is through the Suez Canal. Most the ships are not using it anymore. They've diverted, they're going down around the, the Africa, which increases the length of the trip by at least 10 days and ser- significantly increases the cost. So if you start to tamp down the, the exports out of the Black Sea and, and the European Union, that initially is going to benefit Australia, which is right next to Asia. It also helps Argentina, who are well positioned for exports to Asia, but it also helps United States since we don't have to use the Suez Canal. It's still a long trip for us to get it over to Asia, but uh, we don't have the risk that's involved with the the Black Sea, which is Russia and Ukraine and also Romania but also the European Union that's a big deal to the wheat market and I think uh, could become a bigger deal if we can't get the you know the hoodies to, to back off so we'll see how that all plays out but I think in the short term it's positive for the US wheat market and could be the catalyst to take us higher into that that normal seasonal pattern of topping right around the crop report. If you have any questions, feel free to call 1-800-888-9843. This has been Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities.